Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This is a podcast from Minute Media. It all ended way too soon. We recap the 2021 White Sox season with Courtney and Mo and the King coming up. In just a second, you're the king a little bit late to the pod, but don't worry, he will be there. Hang in there. One thought on the season as I look back at the whole body of work. 93 wins. Solid. Division winner for the first time in 13 years. Excellent. No home field. Not good enough. Growth within the organization. Luis Robert hurt, but I think... We could all say took a step forward. Same thing for Eloy. Another huge year for Jose Abreu, who is really starting to defeat Father Time. We'll see how much longer he can do that, but hopefully it's on the table for at least a couple more seasons. A lot of good happened this year. Trade deadline did not work out. Tony Larusa, that's the interesting part, right? 93 wins. The team fell in love with Tony after a somewhat rocky start. But this is what I got to. Tony LaRussa was hired, and I believed in that he was going to give the White Sox an edge in the playoffs. And for whatever reason, it did not happen. So as Tony looks at the approval he's getting from Jerry and the approval he's getting from the players, Tim Anderson, Jose Abreu, Big time in LaRusso's corner, which is a credit to Tony. And there's a ton of things that are a credit to Tony. But somehow, some way, which I didn't think was going to be the case, this playoffs just did not go the way you wanted from the top step of the dugout. Using Kopech, game one starter, just a lot of odd decisions. So I think the main thing the White Sox got to do is make some shrewd offseason moves to upgrade the roster and having guys healthy for a full year, home field, all that would help. And and uh, they need an even more shrewd, the best ever, Tony LaRusa can be as he'll be 78 years old with the White Sox shooting for a World Series in 2022. All right. Do White Sox, Do Windy City Podcast starts right now. Showtime. It's the Elimination Podcast. The King wanted this podcast to be at 3.30. It's after 3.30. Let's take some roll call here. Courtney Finnicum. Hi, how are you guys? Mo. Hello. King. Rooney. 
like to also throw in there that the King asked for, I don't know how many podcasts we've done this season, many, many podcasts, but today he asked for the special, can you send me a text of the length of the podcast, which is a new level of technological putzery. There's a word. Uh, if not understanding how to log on to your email on your phone and click on a link on your phone. I mean, that's, I mean, seriously, what percentage of people can't do that nowadays? Especially after the last two years, you should have to be able to, my God. I mean, I'm not very technologically talented. All right. I'm going to ruin the podcast because I'm not going to wait for the King. I have breaking news of what I think the White Sox are going to do this off season. And I'm curious if you think it's at least remotely exciting. So, and I have under at least somewhat okay sources that they tried at least kick the tires on this uh, during the year. How would you feel about James McCann returning for the one and only Yasmani Grandal and whatever else would make that right with the money and prospects, whatever else? Would you sign up for that? No. I, I really, I like James a lot. Um, he had his moments in New York. I think we had him at the right time. You know, the last year he was with us, um, his second half was awful. Um, I think he calls a good game. I know the pitchers like him and he's a hell of a guy, but I would not take that, no. I would sprint for that deal. I am not a Grandal guy. They love McCann, defensive catcher, no stealing second and throw without a throw. I don't know, I'd do it. Me personally, I, I think with everything, it depends on what wh how you make that work money wise, as well as everything else. Grandal is a beast at the offensively, defensively, though. Yeah, I mean, that that would definitely solve some of the deficiencies that were uh, the Astros made apparent, but I think we're there all season long. We just outslugged other teams when when it happened. Grandal is due 18 and a quarter million next year and in 2023. McCann is in the middle of a four-year, $40 million contract, not quite as much dough. Next year, he's making eight, so that's $10 million less, and then 12 and 23, so $6 million less, but then you have 12 and 24. So overall, it's remotely close on dollars, but you'd be saving a lot of money the next two years, so I don't exactly know how all that would work. But I do think it's – if they're not going to do that, I mean, should they be in on a guy like Martin Maldonado, who's a free agent? I, to me, you need a defensive catcher. That's and you can and you want to keep Grandal and make him the DH. Okay, I can hear that and have him be your backup uh, catcher too. That's fine, but I don't think you can have him behind the plate next year. Myself, I, I honestly think um, Sox fans would revolt if they got rid of Grandal in, in any capacity. Um, I mean, let's be honest; he's the most confusing player in all of baseball, in my opinion. I mean, he has great at bats. He gets on base. We all love that. But yeah, defensively. It's, it's a major issue. Now, I was actually just talking about this at the games with my dad. When was the last time the White Sox actually had a good defensive catcher? Probably McCann. But again, you know, we can't have both when it comes to Sox catchers. We can't have a really good offensive guy and a really good defensive guy. Like, we can't get both. For whatever reason, we can't. But and they don't really you know, exist. They just don't exist. There's just not many of them that can do both sides. And like... At that position, to me, I'd rather have a defensive guy. Maybe that makes me old school, but it's just very rare that you have a dude who's great at the plate and also dynamic behind the plate. I, gonna, I agree. Yeah. I agree. I, I think, honestly, the, the main focus needs to be, in general, the defense, because 
if we learned anything about this Houston series is that we got completely outplayed defensively. And that includes the infield, that includes the outfield, that includes every position. So that needs to be, and you know, that was supposedly Tony's big thing. You know, all the fundamentals, you know, defense, pitching, and it failed us completely from top to bottom. So a couple of things I do want to say, though, some of the stolen bases, some of that falls on the pitchers. Big right? time, like, big time. Very, yep. very predictable. Some of the jumps they were getting, they obviously had a scouting report. Astros, you give them enough days, they obviously prepare better than we do. Um, I had actually written down, Courtney, actually fundamentals, and I felt like this year, the big question with Tony was whether he was going to allow this team that liked to have fun to have fun. And I folk, you know, he did he, right. They had a lot of fun, yep. but the other part of the fundamentals execution of the fundamentals seemingly was, was, was missing all year. Uh, a little surprising. Cause I always thought Tony's teams did that in the past. And I don't know if it's, it's he's out of it or he was just trying to sort of allow the team, but that, that is something that is a big concern for me. And I don't know that it's easily fixed with the roster that they have in the couple open spots, you have guys who are just not the most fundamentally sound and, and maybe they can coach that up. I know they keep talking about it in spring training, but I don't know if you're going to fix that, you know, with the roster, the way it stands. Well, Mo, I, I completely agree with that. And again, another glaring thing that I saw with the Astros and I've preached this since day one with some of the white Sox draft picks, they've gotten better as of late but the Astros are a team full of actual baseball players. You know, you want to yell about Altuve all day long. He is a baseball player. So, I, you know, that, that to me was a very, another glaring difference. The White Sox don't have a lot of baseball players. And just like you said, the fundamentals are, are, have been an issue for a long time, not just this year, for a long time. And that kind of goes with how they develop guys, who they draft, the whole thing. And that's why I like Nick Madrigal. Because Madrigal, to me, was a baseball player. Yeah, but he's not a good defensive second baseman, Courtney. I mean, the guy's... You're, you're, you're basing him off a very small sample size. I agree with Courtney. Uh, okay. maybe maybe Very he, small. Maybe he will be, but to this point, he's been stone hands. I wouldn't call him stone hands. I would, I would not go that far. I, I do think the one of the things with Madrigal, I think we were all sort of under the impression he was this um, ready for prime time defensively and, and fundamentally. And, you know, his two seasons, there were definitely things that made you scratch your head and said, is this really what he is? I do think he, sh you know, hitting wise, he showed signs that he was capable of more just being the slap hitter. And I think defensively, he, he improved somewhat. It's a bad trade period end of story and that was one of the reasons that they came up short this year a him getting hurt and b uh trading him for craig kimbrell who sucked by the is way we'll anyone is anyone going to give me credit for nailing that from the beginning because i had a lot of people giving me credit um good on job. text good Thank job you. that's all i need to hear good Thank job you. let's rewind back to the la Russa part and no surprise that there's reports coming out today that tony is going to be back how does the podcast feel about Larusa being back? I think I think it's fair to give him another year. Um, obviously, barring that the team can actually come out of spring training healthy, completely healthy, which is obviously something that we didn't have a lot of this year. Um, and barring any major signings, trades, I think it's fair to give him a year. Obviously, the team is vouching for him. Um, but to be honest, and I said this yesterday, there wasn't there wasn't any difference except that they won the division this year. 
for what, for what Rick Renteria accomplished last year. So they're really going to have to make a jump here and, and figure this out. So he deserves it, but you're not thrilled, Mo. I don't think there was ever a doubt if Tony wanted to come back, he was going to be back. Um, I know he said all the right things in the press conference, but you know, for all intents and purposes, he was Jerry's guy, King's guy too. Let's make sure we, we note that. <laughs> I mean, they won 93 games, right? Which when you look at it from that perspective, it's great. I think this offseason will be interesting. Spring training will be interesting. Can they clean those things up? Because, you know, in the playoffs, everything seems to matter. And our guys put the bat on the ball. They didn't hit with a lot of power. But a team like the Astros, which has the experience and, and, and baseball players, as Courtney has said now, and she said it before we played them, you, you can't make the mistakes that we made. And, and that stuff has to be cleaned up. I'm surprised Tony didn't, but again, maybe it was his first year and it was more of a getting to know what he's got and, and maybe he'll, he'll address some of this stuff. It's awful generous. And I, I said it in, in the open that I did and I'll mention it here again. Look, I'm not saying he doesn't deserve to come back. I'm not even saying that he didn't do a good job this year. He clearly did as far as getting the buy-in on the team that you guys are naming. However, the whole point of Tony La Russa was that he was going to give you an edge in the playoffs. And he didn't do that. Correct. If, uh, he, he just didn't. If, if anything, you're at a deficiency or you're sitting there, scratch your head, what are you doing? And even if you're being kind, it's like, okay, fine. You lost to a better team, but he certainly didn't uplift you. So I don't know what that looks like with him looking in the mirror and thinking about how I can be better to help this team. But, and we're nailing on the fundamentals, which is part of it. But there's also just some bizarre strategies that are not fundamentals. The way he used Kopech, the way he decided to start Lynn on in game one, the way really the, the way he acted at the end of the series, that doesn't matter at all. But that was a pretty bizarre. I get it. He's defending Abreu, but like, come on, dude. Um, let, let's live in reality a little bit here. So, but I also think like end of the day, if, if you if we're trying to assign blame, and Rick Hahn did a lot of good things, Lance Lynn at the top of that list. Liam Hendricks is a, is a credit to Rick Hahn. The whole team is a general credit to Rick Hahn. But he did have some swing and misses here that ultimately when you're trying to win the World Series, be the one team that does it, you can't have. So there's a major, major tweaking. I don't want to say overhaul because that's not right at all. But there's a major tweaking that uh, Rick needs to get right this offseason for them to do it next year. I don't think that you can just rely on Luis Roberts is going to be that much better and that much healthier and they'll have home field and Jose Abreu won't get old and Dylan Cease is going to make his next jump forward, which I, I mean, I think all this is, is probable. Eloy should be better. And Tim, I think will stay the same. Trevor Story's out there. That's a name. Do you, add I, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to say it again about Trevor Story. Mark, I cut you off. I apologize. Go ahead. Um, Honestly, I, I've said this about Trevor's story. He his splits away from cores is terrible. That, that, he his, someone someone's gonna someone's gonna pay him, and he'll and he's a great guy. Good for him. I don't want him on the socks. I, I said this a few podcasts ago. I would do anything to get Marcus Simeon back. You know, they they would be nice if they can open their wallet and you know give him back to the socks after that horrible Samarja trade. But I, I'm gonna go back to a little bit about this the, this past year. You know, the Sox had a benefit of a, of a very bad division. If they were in the AL East, would they have even made the playoffs? Probably not. So I think, you know, what, to your credit and to what you were saying, they do need tweaks. They need to figure out right field. They need at least one solid starter that's not named Dallas Keuchel. 
and they need to figure out second base because they screwed up second base this year. So they need tweaks. And to me, they have to make a little bit of a splurge and Simeon will be a nice transition. My only thing with Simeon and do I think he's a very good player? Yes. Unfortunately though, I think you're going to have to number one, pay him for shortstop, even if he plays second Two, it goes back to the madrigal or the idea of madrigal. He's another guy that strikes out a lot. And, and we have a team full of those. And if you, right now, if you look at the team as it is, we've got two spots. You've got right field and second base. If you're going to try to address that without trading somebody from one of the other spots, you have to try to find somebody at second base that can put the bat on the ball, you know, and not strike out as much. Uh, the other thing with Semin, he's had two really, really great years. This one, amazingly. Um, the other years, he's been good to okay. I, I Again, if Jerry's spending, sure, great. But I just concern he's he's going to be another swing and miss guy a lot and and in the playoffs right we we see it it's it, it's tough to, to score when you have guys striking out a lot the king about to join the podcast here as he unravels his uh headset and joins us via iphone on a very busy day for the king because the king is always doing something i don't know if he can hear me right now because he still is unraveling his well, uh, i can hear you okay there you go buddy we're in the middle of reworking the white Sox here not that much to rework. Get Eloy got the timing on, get a second baseman and get a starting pitcher. What else do we need? Oh, well, those are fundamentals. All- fundamentals, not not pitchers that walk, guys. And I know we had, right we had 13 walks. We had nine, uh, nine that scored. I totally get it. Cats. I mean, some of that lies on cats. Some of it lies on the pitchers. They're all going to mature a year. Look, I'm going to stay positive. We had a good year. Okay. I mean, and we made a lot out of less than than we should have and you know i wish we'd have, wish we'd have won more we could have but we didn't let's answer that question because that's been the slight debate around town did the white Sox have a good year uh let's let's put it on a one to ten scale i think king is frozen mo what one to ten grade do you give the white Sox of 2021 well that's a great question i'm gonna go somewhere in the seven eight range i think again they set expectations high my my biggest frustration was last year we didn't win a playoff series this year we didn't win a playoff series I feel like you know had we won a even if we won this series and lost in the next round would have been hugely valuable experience for everybody um it didn't happen so and I'm also not convinced well we won 93 this year that we automatically are going to be better because of you know the young guys getting better, right? 93 is, is a big number. And, you know, conversely, somebody like Lance Lynn is a year older. So, you know, I, I think we have a lot of work to do. The one thing for me, when you're comparing last year to this year, last year in the playoffs, you should have beaten the A's or at least could have very much, very much could have this year outclassed. They were outscored 25 to six in the three games they lost. It, it wasn't close. And I don't think anyone's arguing that point that the Houston was a better team and Houston right now. I mean, baseball when you get teams and all that right now Houston playing really really well I would not be surprised they won the whole damn thing even with McCullers having some serious potential arm issues here Courtney what where do you go one to ten I go six six and a half um as I said earlier you know the only difference of last year is that they won the division and like I said they had the benefit of a very bad division this year you know Indians had some bad injuries losing Bieber for most of the year you're not going to win um they they really did not Come, and they and like what Mo said, 
they talked a big game this year from spring training on, they talked a big game and it, it didn't get anywhere. And it's, if they make the proper tweaks and they actually have a big off season and put the fans back with that excitement, they could actually do something next year, but I give it six, six and a half. It was, you know, fairly mediocre to be honest with you. It's a nine. I mean, <laughs> look, at, look what happened. Eloy injured, Grandal injured, Robert injured, everybody injured. It was a great year. Rodon stepped up. Dylan Cease played as good as Courtney wanted them to. It's, it, this is this is part of becoming a champion. King. I mean, King. could we have uh, listen? It was a great year. We got a new manager. It, it's it's a good year. It's a great year. Who knows? King, King, so. King. But you have to admit. The goal was the World Series, and we didn't come it close. Was. The goals, I, I agree. You know what? But we we weren't that far off. I, if yes, if you he were. Yes, we he, were. Of course, if he we doesn't, were. Listen, if Rodon doesn't throw that pitch, oh come on, on a, a zero and two, and he gets out of that, we could be talking a whole. We could be talking about uh, moving on to Boston. We you really lost could. Twelve to one. If we wouldn't have. It was we talked about momentum. It wasn't that. It was 10 Come to on. 1. 10 I'm to sorry. 1. 10 to 1. I'm yeah, sorry. It felt like 12. Exactly. <laughs> but you, if we would have got out of that inning, you don't know what would have could have happened. Yes, we do. We do. No, you don't. They played us. Listen, they ran better than us. They outcoached us. They, uh, uh, I mean, they outmanaged us. They outhit right. us. They outran the base. Which is why we they were, were pretty far off. Which is why us. we were far off. But we could have won that game. And I'm going to say, I'm going to say this again because, King, you missed this last podcast. And this is on LaRusa. If the Sox actually had home field this series, I think we're looking I at a different it. series. I every podcast. But listen, here's my response to that. How many games did they win that they shouldn't have won? How many games did they win with bringing up not rookies or, or. That's not the point. Yeah, it's not even close to the point. Players, triple A players. It is. There's a no. ton of games they shouldn't have won. Did Tony, did Tony blow five games? Yes. Should they have won another six games at the end of the season? Yes. Would that have been help, uh, helpful for home field advantage? Yes. But you know what? If the queen had balls, she would be king. I, it listen, didn't happen. I, I, I would uh, also throw out there, if, if the White Sox had home field in this series, they weren't winning this series. I don't. I think. agree. I, I think it would have been a little bit of a different um, vibe to the series. But, no, I agree. I mean, I said that since the beginning. Houston was the biggest concern for me. If we got past Houston, I think we would have actually gone the distance. And I'm not saying win the World Series. We knew that. We all knew but that. But Houston was the team that. I was concerned. Yeah, and we knew that. Each one of us said that. And you said it most emphatically. So, And, and we hoped. And, and Houston's a good team. I hate him. I hate Altuve. I told Altuve to blow me. I, I cheered him. I did everything I could possibly do. And, you know, at the end, all I could do to uh, – all I could chant to him is – you're really good. You're really good. <laughs> That's right. Uh, okay, hold on. Let, let's get into the little bit more of the uh, minutia. And you can put the king uh, pom-poms down for just a second. They're going to bring Kimbrell back, and they're going to trade him. And you're going to get 70 cents on the dollar. And this is maybe just a stupid question. But ideally, like, what are you trading Kimbrell for? A second baseman? That's what you're trying to get? I, I'd like to think of a realistic trade. The, why can't we? Why can't why, the Cubs need a closer? We trade him back to the Cubs. We get Madrigal back if we have to give him some money, and they still get Hoyer out of the deal. 
I don't think the Cubbies are doing that. Well, uh, I, I keep hearing the Cubs are going to sign Correa so they can put him at short, and then they put uh, whatever Horner or Horny or whatever that guy is, put him at second. You don't need Madrigal. Put, put Nico Horny at second for the Cubbies. Yeah. I mean that 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 could work. Uh, I don't. I think Carlos Correa is smart. Anybody smarter. named Horny, I'm a fan of. There and you go. Likewise, likewise, Keith. Likewise, my kind of man. There, there we go. So I, I don't think Horny. Uh, listen. I, I think my point on the Cubs is that I don't think Carlos Correa is going to be dumb enough to to uh, take 350 from the Cubs when he'll, he'll have other options. But we shall see. And we're not talking about the Cubs. We don't Cubs talk about the Cubs him. on this podcast. No, I, they're going to give us Madrigal back. Okay. Win-win. Okay. Well, I just – I guess I, I well, my point in bringing up Kimbrel is a preemptive strike. Mark, on say Horny again. It makes me smile. Just there, say his name again. His, his name is Nico Horner. He may oh. be He may be horny. It's uh, fun though. It's fun to think about because it yeah. just makes me smile. That's good. That's good. It, it is. It is fun to think about King horny men is always fun to think about. I don't disagree. <laughs> are there any men that are not horny? Um, there you go. There you go. <laughs> my point of bringing it up though, is I'm trying to get back to here is that I don't want Courtney to have a meltdown when they pick up his option because they'd be really dumb not to. And I don't think they're going to do that. They're going to pick up his option. They're going to deal his ass. That's what I think is going to happen. And they're uh, going to get a ba- and they're going to get a bag of balls for him, which is what they deserve. So I don't know what they can get. They might get more than a bag of balls. I mean, a premier closer on a reasonable contract for one year. They, you could do well on that trade. I'm not saying it's going to be easy to do well, but they could. Let's do a positive for, for the King here and for everybody. Favorite moment of the 2021 season, uh, regular season. Then we can talk about memories of game three. Favorite regular season moment this year. What comes to mind? I have two. Um, I think for me, going back to the stadium for the first time after not being able to all year, last year, opening day was incredibly special. Um, I just love opening day. It's one of my favorite days of the year. And then, of course, how can you not, you know, give a nod to the Field of Dreams game? There was nothing better than that. Um, But for me, opening day will always be special for a lot of reasons. But just being able to get back to the stadium after a year of not being able to go to games was, was very, very special. I love that answer. Mo, for the regular season, yeah. uh, those are great ones, Courtney. Um, I think just getting the guys back healthy, Kopech the first time, Eloy and Robert returning, I think were, were probably those. Um, certainly the Field of Dreams game was special also. And then Rodon's no-hitter. The Rodon April no-hitter, second start of the year. Goodwin walk-off. TA. Yes. Uh, there's, there's a lot of good ones in here. Anything for you so, there, King? Yeah, it's pretty easy, and I'm a little disappointed and, and hurt, but sitting with the three of you on a walk-off with Gooden in uh, my seats, just enjoying each other and talking baseball. By far, the number one memory of this baseball season. By far. That is adorable. And let's go King back for to the that win. day when the King was the last person to show up and screamed at all of Sox management because parking was terrible. And, and then on the back end of it proceeded to steal alcohol from guaranteed rate field to hook up Courtney as if she needed more alcohol. Now that, that was a special moment. You're right. King. You're absolutely right. How could I forget? <laughs> Take these two extra Sutter homes home with you. <laughs> courtesy of my sweet seats at guaranteed rate field. I hope nobody in the upper management is, is upset that you did that King. Listen, some things have to be done. 
<laughs> and and that was one of them. Yeah, no, we agreed. It, it, it was a great that was a great Sunday. No, no, no doubt about it. You know, I'm listening to everybody's reactions to the season, and I'm hearing some people like I was on WGN yesterday, Courtney and Lauren Lapka, your friend, was on right before me, and they, you know, Anna's asking a page. It was I'm so proud of the team. It was such a great year, and I'm like, eh. I don't really feel that. And then I hear other people just going in on the team and I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't feel that either. Like I'm not, uh, you know, I don't, I don't feel like they need to be torched at well, all. Like six, like six, six and a half. Right. Mark, would you on a scale of one to 10? I'd give them, I'd give, give, give them more than that. I, I would, I would probably give, like I'd say a seven and a half. Eight feels like a little bit too strong, but look, they had, they had a good year. What's, what's just disappointing is, and maybe it's too basic of a breakdown, but they won one playoff game last year. They won one playoff game this year. That was not the goal. And, and the way they went out, like totally overmatched, that was that's borderline, I don't want to say demoralizing, but just, just disheartening. I mean, I was worried they were going to get swept. Like, don't, don't get swept. Don't go out like this. So I give them like that win and that night at the park that I was not involved in, but just to, you know, watch on, on, on Twitter, even uh, the, the, the non anana chance as whoever was leaving the mound. I mean, that's like, that is the essence of white Sox baseball for me. No park in the history of the sport has ever done that better. And, you know, they, and everybody honestly, like, like white Sox fans deserved that freaking night. So I was glad that it happened, but it's still, bitter deflated sort of taste right now. And like, and, and also I think the part of it for me is like, I'm not sure if they're not going to turn into the Minnesota twins who win the division every year for a while and then go in the playoffs and get smoked by the Yankees or whoever, like that would be a nightmare just winning a bad AL central and never actually having an, a, an elite enough team to actually make that deep playoff run. I don't think that's going to happen. I still overall, if you, if I had to bet my money on, will they, get to the world series, win a world series in this window. I'd certainly bet on them to at board at, at minimum to get there. They need a big off season of brilliant. Uh, somebody's we, if at the end of next year, it part of the conversation has got to be that move by Rick Hahn was huge. It's not going to be that this team just, you know, they needed a year of seasoning and then, and, and now they're ready. I don't think. I agree. And I think the, it's not like the White Sox don't have the money they do. Um, I think obviously if Jerry wants to give his buddy Reinsdorf a shot at the World Series, he's got to open the checkbook. It's that simple. And they need and they need to make some splashes. And I do wonder where Jerry is in this. And maybe the one guy in here who might have an inkling on that is, is, is Sir King. Like he can't be sitting here thinking, oh, that was a great year. There's no way he's thinking that. No, he's disappointed. He's sad. I mean, you know. And knowing Jerry, he's going to come back next year. He's 85 years old. He's going to be 86, and he wants a couple championships before he, uh, you know, concludes this thing. So uh, let's let's do it. I, I like I like how polite King was. Concludes this thing. That was before that was good. He, before he dies. Before he. <laughs> that was very polite, King. I, lo I love uh, you. Jerry for that. Jerry Reinsdorf is not dying for some time. That's he what. Is, I he is super sharp. He's in great shape. He's funny as all get out. And uh, he is as, as fry as a 85 year old man that I've ever met. So he's going to be around for, for the next 10 years. And I think we're going to get three championships in those 10 years. Now, that's my opinion. I'm positive. Yes. But I'd rather live in my world than yours.
Don't dog my world. I got I'm not a great... dogging it. I'm I just got... saying I'm not dogging your world. I'm saying I would rather live in mine than yours. I didn't say anything against your world. Who... I just said I like my world. I like the positivity. I like thinking Jerry's going to be uh, uh, fluid for at least another 10 years. And I like to think that we're going to get three championships. And and I, I like that. I like because you don't think that. I do. And I like it a little better than yours. It's not, the, it's not a judgment against yours. I just like mine better. That's fine. And this is, again, an audio podcast, but I'm looking at the king and his eyes are like <laughs> hopping through the screen when he gets into these opinions. It's really quite a scene. And I just said that I would bet on them to do it, you dick. I didn't, I didn't say anything negative. You're just, you just all of a sudden leap to a three-peat in 10 more years for Jerry to 95. I hope that all happens. I think if you, if you said to Jerry, hey, Jerry, Jerry, I'll get you one more before you, what was the way you put it originally? I said, conclude this thing. Jerry, I'll get you one more before you conclude this thing. Jerry signed on the dotted line for that one, pal. I would bet my, I, my, your, I'd bet your sweet bippy on that, King. Possibly, but why stop there? Let's sure, go for three. Sure, why stop? Why stop? Yeah. All right. I think we're, we're coming to an agreement, which I, 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 I truly appreciate. Where are you going right now, King? I'm heading out to Minnesota to play some hockey uh, with my son. I'm not playing. I'm watching. But uh, my son and his defensive partner and uh, his father are all in a Volvo station wagon on the way to Minnesota. You have four people in the car right now? Yeah, we have four people right now. Does anybody want to weigh in on the Kings uh, in that car? Uh, want to weigh in on the Kings' performance on the podcast this season? No, they're not going to weigh in. They're not allowed to talk. Well, why don't, you, why, why don't you rate yourself one to ten? How do you think you did year, year one on the pod? Me? Yeah, you. I'd say a seven. A seven. I got a what, I got a what, long way to go. What, what I do think you think? Mo what, probably rated the highest at probably a nine. Courtney okay. probably came in at seven point five, and I think I came in at a seven. <laughs> what do you think? You Mark, do I thought you did. I thought you did pretty good. Uh, I'll, I'll give you an eight for putting the, the team together and 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 putting all uh, up with all the bullshit that we gave you. Just answer for yourself, please. What do you What do you think you could do better? What do you think you did well? I think I kept you uh, knuckleheads positive. And I, I think that I, uh, I could know my stats a little better. I think Courtney was quite good at that. Most quite good at that. And, uh, you know, maybe, maybe my positivity was a little over the top. <laughs> Courtney, rate yourself one to 10. I mean, seven and a half King. I'm going to take some offense to that. I give myself an eight. I mean, I, <laughs> obviously putting King in his place is always a pleasure of mine, even though there were times we agreed. Um, Mo always agreed with me. So I love him for that. Carmen, you're just kind of there. I'm just kidding. You know, I love you. You know, I love you, Carmen. You know, I do. I, you know, it's, it was, it was a lot of fun. I was extremely grateful to be a part of it. Mark, when you called me when I was in Denver and you actually interviewed me to be on this podcast, I didn't realize what I had in store for me, but I'm very grateful for it. And I had a ton of fun, honestly. I mean, Courtney's already trying to leave us. If we go to Courtney's tweets, Adam Jones was tweeting out about wanting to start a podcast. Finnecom is saying, let's go, me and you. So, um, no, I was saying that he could join us. He'd be great. Him and I have great chemistry. He's got great knowledge. He would be a great little addition, um, you know, for like some off season thing for real. He'd be great. I would love to have that guy become part of uh, the whole thing here at good old fan side. That would be amazing. Story for another time. Mo, rate yourself. Five. 
A lot of room for improvement. Oh, no. 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 You're not allowed to do that. I give you all tens. Uh, It was very challenging, fun, and uh, just a a good baseball extravaganza for me to – like this, the the reality of this whole thing is that the king was always lurking in the background, wanting to do a podcast, and I knew that I had uh, Southpaw who was in. So then I had to find the the revolving pieces, and I'm seeing this a woman on on uh, on Twitter who doesn't stop tweeting, and is is very sassy. And so I knew that there could be some flame throwing that would ultimately come my way. I didn't quite realize it was going to be as uh, intense as it, as it turned out to be. But Courtney was every, every bit as advertised. I give myself a, an A on finding, because Finnicum, you could, you could do this for a living if you wanted to. And Mo, you were exactly how I thought you would be. Solid as the day is long and a huge, huge part of the podcast. So well, you all get you tens for me. For, uh, thank you again for having me be a part of it. It's been a blast. I, dude, Mark, you did a- none of this. None of this happens without you, Carmen. You, you, you are you are like a, you are like the. Uh, this is the first like time the I- grease. You were like the grease in a piston. You know the oil in a piston. You 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 made this thing go, and I, we appreciate you. This is my first Great. ever spin as, as 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 being a pseudo program director. Let me put together a group. Let me see what I can do here. And you know, it's not quite the Dan Labatard show with Stu Gatz, one of my all time favorite shows. But you got you guys did fantastic. I I hope that we'll connect in the off season here when uh, it makes sense. I'm sure the White Sox. I think they're going to be busy if. The trade deadline is any indication of how they're going to look at this. They, it didn't, ha- it didn't work out, but they went big for the second baseman. They went big for Kimbrel. They added to Para. I mean, we would all agree, right, that they were aggressive at the deadline to try to make it happen. And unfortunately, it did. But I, I think that theme is going to continue in the offseason. So, yeah, and, and, and we get to Para. Let's keep him. You're he not was keeping great. Him. You know, well, oh, I'd like but- to. You got, you got to pay him. You're going to have to pay him. Does this mean that our contracts will be delivered shortly for next year? Yeah. Upper management is working on that one. You'll, you'll, you'll hear from fan side at central. So uh, okay. just be on the lookout and I King, will have I, pen in hand and yeah, in hand. I'm, I'm willing to sign anything you send me. King, I'll email you, text you and call you and let you know when, <laughs> when it's, when it comes through. Thank you. I appreciate it on all accounts. All right, team. Uh, we got like 30 seconds here. Last, anybody want to share anything from game three that stands out as a goodbye? Real quick. The fans were awesome. That was, that was the highlight of the, of the year for sure. Probably several years. Amazing. One of the best experience, sporting experience I've had in my entire 33 years. I was very grateful to be there. It was incredible. My sweet Jen sitting next to me. I know she helped. Did Tony blow five games? Yes. Should they have won another six games at the end of the season? Yes. This program was recorded on tape for a live audience. Would that have been helpful for home field advantage? Yes. They ran better than us. They outcoached us. They... Uh, uh, I mean, they outmanaged us, they outhit right. us, they outran the base. Which is why we were, were pretty far team. off.
If the queen had balls, she would be king. And that's why I like Nick Magical, because Magical to me was a baseball player. I agree with Courtney. I should conclude this thing. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.